It's the difference, the intersection of politics and economics. Wall Street, Main Street, your street, every street. I'm Dan O'Donnell alongside Dave Spano, president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. And this week, the world is kind of reacting to the Super Bowl, considered one of the best games of all time, highest scoring Super Bowl in history. Was it marred by that late holding penalty that even the guy who committed it said, yeah, it was totally a holding penalty. Rihanna with the halftime show. And, of course, the commercials. Uh, this is by far, Dave, the biggest sporting event in the year. It also it is sort of a relic of entertainment past. And what I mean by that is this is sort of the last thing that Americans en masse really watch together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's for sure, you know, because of it's live and just the number of people, not only here in the United States, but around the world, 200 countries, no doubt about that. But, you know, there's so many people that, you know, don't watch the game, even though it wasn't entertaining as heck game. It's, you know, they watch it for the sideshows, and the sideshows are the commercials and the halftime show. And I have to say, even if you don't like Rihanna, the production was off the charts. Oh, it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. I have never seen a stage like that. I think the best stage in the history of a Super Bowl. I mean, it just, it was mind-blowing. Right. Uh, what they did with those, you know, uh, clear panels and just how high the dancers were. I was perpetually terrified that one of them was just going to lose his balance and fall <laughs> off. Uh, because it did not look like they were strapped in at all. Uh the, the, the dancers were incredible. Rihanna, uh, several months pregnant, doing what she was able to do was great. I just, you know, and I, I'm someone who does like Rihanna's songs. And I, I don't you know, know. Give me ZZ Top or the Rolling Stones. Oh, yeah. I don't well, know. yeah, obviously it's not real. You know, it's not totally in my wheelhouse. Rihanna's one of those artists who's just sort of like, yeah, that's a good song. But you don't really have this like huge emotional attachment you know what i'm saying right and it sort of it, it sort of shown through with the show i mean the spectacle was out of this world and the choreography was incredible it just didn't well, pop do you want to know why there was a little millie vanilli going on i think that was part of it oh, don't yeah. you think oh for sure she was lip syncing that whole thing yeah i mean there was no there was one point where uh you know her her song uh what is it we found love in a hopeless place she was obviously not singing. She didn't even make an attempt to to right. match her lips to the lyrics that were, were going. And, yeah, so there was that. And it just, there weren't the typical, you know, costume changes, the, the change in theme. It was just her in red amidst a sea of white. Right. And that was just sort of it. And, you know, so, and then sometimes there's another another actor, another artist right. that comes out. And so I think maybe people were expecting that, too. Well, you know who people were expecting? Jay-Z. Nope. Who? Kanye. The Kanye. Oh, I did hear that. She did, yeah. one, of, she did yeah. one of Kanye's songs. And everybody who I was watching the Super Bowl with at the, the party I was attending was like, oh, my God, they wouldn't dare bring no, out Kanye no after the stuff he said over the past couple no. of months, and, and they didn't. They didn't even have, like, a recorded track of him rapping. Why, they did they ever find him? Because he was gone for a while. I don't know if he's – did he, did he ever surface? Oh, yeah. He, he turns up every couple of months and says, yeah, I spent a couple of weeks in a mental health facility. I'm fine now. Oh, yeah. okay. 
uh, they just sort of pretended with that song that it wasn't a Kanye West song. I was like, this is a Rihanna song now. Oh, okay. Uh, the commercials, though, the, yep. the the one that I think got the most attention was for all the wrong reasons, and that was Tubi, mm -hmm. making everybody think that someone was messing with the channel. <laughs> exactly. Who get off? Who has the remote? That's the first thing yeah. everybody said. Who touched the remote? Yeah, uh, and you know everybody is looking over to like their dad. Like, dad, <laughs> this is why we don't let you have the remote anymore. What are you doing? Exactly. You know which one I liked? I liked the Sam Adams commercial for sure. You know, my daughter goes to college in Boston, and uh, a, a clearer, a nicer, a nicer Boston with that Sam Adams ad I thought was was pretty entertaining. A nicer, yeah, that was a good one. The um, he gets us has yeah. also uh, generated significant buzz. I did not know uh, that Jesus needed a Super Bowl commercial to raise awareness of his product, mm -hmm. but he apparently did. I think he Got took a good one PR look. Team. He does, he does, especially after I think he took one look at Sam Smith dressed as the devil at the Grammys and said, right. oh man, we got to step up our marketing game. Right. We're going to we're gonna lose him to this pudgy little Satan. Some, uh, some smart aleck at my party said he's just trying to promote his book. <laughs> that, that is a great that is a great line tell tell your buddy i i approve of that uh but the farmer's dog i think uh got a lot of approval yeah right? that was a good one i thought disney's ad for its 100th anniversary was very good with all of the you know just showing the generations of people right. who grew up on disney and their uh films and that sort of thing and breaking bad I, and breaking anything with yeah, breaking, breaking bad, bad. I, you know what the thing i'm i'm so over and as a millennial as someone they were clearly trying to target an older millennial with especially there was the breaking bad uh remake there was the clueless remake. It, can we stop there was uh ben uh, stiller doing all right. of his movie roles like mm -hmm. zoolander right. can we stop this with the just nostalgia for nostalgia's sake right. and can we actually get some creativity uh that's why i thought did Dunkin you like donuts yeah i was saying ben, ben affleck, affleck. Yeah. I thought that was the best use yeah. of a celebrity because it sort of matched where we are in like the entertainment we consume now. I, I said yeah. the Super Bowl is something of a relic. Every kid I know, including my own, they're watching YouTube videos. And what did the Ben Affleck Dunkin' Donuts commercial look like? It looked like a YouTube video. Oh, it's a yep. it's a prank video yep. that just happens to involve Ben Affleck, and it was the most memorable. I think not just because it was first, and then of course you have J Lo yep. pull up and say, "Is this what you do when you tell me you're at work all day?" Which I thought was very clever. Right. Um, I don't know. I thought that one was very very good, but ultimately, sort of like the the halftime show, I thought a lot of the commercials were largely forgettable this yeah, year yeah you know what's not forgettable are balloons floating over lake michigan <laughs> my <laughs> goodness gracious Tell i mean me it continues yeah. to happen you know one over lake michigan dan are you kidding me no this uh and they're not actually they're taking great pains to say they weren't balloons these are true unidentified UFOs. flying objects yeah. i mean the, this is this is the dictionary definition of a ufo which means there's only one unmistakable conclusion we can draw we need to recruit will smith to fly up slap the aliens in the face like they're right. chris rock maybe get jeff goldblum to help them and i would much rather have bill pullman <laughs> as my president for the alien invasion huh? than joe biden all right but let's, let's be serious for a second what if, what if that's an emp 
on the end of the, well, that that's, thing. That's the re- that is the genuine, I was just going to say, all kidding aside, yeah. this is the exact delivery mechanism for an electromagnetic pulse attack. Uh, it's almost certain they're following the exact same trajectory as the balloon that we knew came from China. This is clearly, all of this stuff, I think, is clearly coming from China. And the fact that the Department of Defense has not been especially open or honest with the American people does lead to some of the silly, fun speculation. Oh, it's aliens. Right. But also it leads to a whole lot of, I think, totally well-founded fear that this is the beginning stages of not necessarily war with China, but a sort of heightening of tensions, a sort of new Cold War, as it were. But, you know, I'll tell you what, and and hopefully it doesn't go there, because, you know, they need us as a trading partner. They're the second biggest economy in the world. But, you know, imagine if it wasn't EMP, it would be flipping chaos, Right. I mean, your cars, your cars wouldn't start. I mean, nothing would work. Nothing would work. So, I mean, we have to take this as a serious and and figure out how we're going to start to shield this stuff and prepare for it. I mean, I think it's real that we have. And I think what 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 also this shows is, my goodness, what is NORAD doing other than tracking Santa Claus? Right. I mean, NORAD seems to work very, very well on December 24th. But (laughs) you're telling me that we don't have as soon as something is entering North American airspace. How did this thing get to the point where jets had to be scrambled from Madison, Wisconsin to shoot it down? I mean, this is frankly terrifying. And even if it's not necessarily a Chinese spy device. There are all manner of hostile nations that could theoretically be flying this exact same stuff. What we do know that, look, there's a reason, and Trump got a whole lot of flack when he started a space force. But this is exactly the sort of thing that he was looking to combat not necessarily the weaponization of satellites per se, although I am told that this is a big component of this, but the ability to combat and keep out of American airspace this exact sort of thing. Yeah, Let me just please. give you a thought. What if we just shot down a weather balloon? I mean, we look like world-class clowns, though, right? Well, and this is the thing. This is why I don't think, even if it is a weather balloon, it's going to be like a reverse Area 51, right? Yeah. Where, uh, or a reverse Roswell, where clearly it was a high-altitude spy balloon, which they finally admitted to years and years and years later. They said, oh, it's just a weather balloon, and this rancher in New Mexico in the 1940s just didn't realize what it was. No, it was a top-secret surveillance aircraft, kind of coincidentally, not dissimilar to the one that we just shot from the Chinese. If it turns out that this actually is, but they allowed, the the government actually allowed, and and there's a whole lot of paperwork that says, yeah, we're going to let people think it's aliens because we don't want them to know what we're actually doing in testing all of this stuff that is being used to spy on the Soviets. So what I think, if it indeed is a weather balloon, we're not going to admit to it. We're going to say, yes, it was some hostile nation surveillance that we're not going to tell you who it's from, though. Yeah. So I don't think, honestly, and and a part of me is fine with that because of the national security component to this. 
that we don't actually know what it is, but I do believe it behooves the Biden administration to be completely open, completely transparent, because this is going to fuel a whole lot of speculation, conspiracies, and fear, if not outright panic. Yeah, and so turning it to the economic part here in the last couple of minutes, you know, they are a trading partner, the second biggest economy in the world. They need us, for sure. So, you know, when, when we call the hotline and they don't pick it up, which is what happened last week, that's an issue. So I think one the big takeaway, economic takeaway, is we're going to continue to trade with them. They're coming back online, and onshoring is going to continue to happen. And you saw it with the CHIPS Act, and there's going to be more of that just out of national security to do much more onshoring. And then lastly, I just want to touch on an uh, inflation report coming out this week. It will determine uh, future actions for sure. So conservative approach of your portfolio is certainly in the cards. Go through those things and make sure you're positioned correctly as all of these moving parts are going on right now. Make sure you're positioned correctly, that your portfolio is in the right spots, that you know what you want. I can't tell you how many times people come to us, Dan, and they really are not sure what's in their portfolio and sometimes right. not even how it got there. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, two things. Financial plan has got to be in line and number two, your portfolio assessment must be up to date. Yeah, and that's why we always tell you to get that wealth metric at Annex Wealth. Com. Now, we had uh, more action by the Fed, and it it's uh, reading uh, the Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell's statements after each rate hike ha has been something of a parlor game. Right. I genuinely think this man does not know <laughs> whether or not we're going to be in at least some form of a recession by mid-2024, or if the economy is roaring back. I don't think people... Well, he's data-dependent. He's data-dependent. He's looking in the rearview mirror. That's just what the Fed does. They don't look out. Well, the right. market looks forward. They look backwards. Well, but the market seems to be saying, hey, we're going to have a rip-roaring economy, even as pretty much every major company is announcing thousands of job cuts. Right. So here, here it is. It will rip if... He says that 2% target, they're going to abandon that. So, you know, they try to get to a 2% inflation target, you know, mirrored type of thing. If they say we're, we're going to give up on that, it's off to the races. But if they say we're going to continue to raise rates because inflation is stickier, because energy prices are up, because the supply chain still is under pressure, so on and so forth, then we're in a tough economy. So I can make a bull case, I can make a bear case, but then the base case is just a balanced and thoughtful portfolio. I guess, what would be the impetus for wanting to abandon the 2% target? Hasn't that been the, the goal ever since we, we hit 5% and inflation sort of uh, became a because, runaway freight train? Yeah, so you would abandon it because to get to 2%, you're going to have to continue to raise rates until you crash the economy. I almost swore there, Dan. Until uh, <laughs> until you crash the economy, right? And you're going to have to continue to raise rates. All we have to do is when the CPI number is below the Fed funds rate, that's, that's when they can stop. And they're pretty close right now. So don't overdo it. Don't continue to tighten until you really drive this thing into a hole and make one more policy mistake because they have certainly made some in the past. And this is exactly why Dave and I keep hammering on what you know, why you own it, have a full understanding of your portfolio, because just as the market looks toward the future, you always need to be at least thinking about your future and make sure that you're protected against any fluctuation, any dip, any recession, 
anything. And that's why, again, head to AnnexWealth.com. I am Dan O'Donnell. He is Dave Spano. You've been listening to The Difference. Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of the podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice, or a recommendation or solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.